It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. It sucks. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know, I've got to look back. I haven't been on a losing team, I think, since my first year of juniors. And uh, not really something I'm used to. I don't like it. So, um, we just talked about it. We, gotta, we don't have a lot of time. The hole's getting deeper and deeper and at some point soon it's going to be too late already so we're going to start in practice all right that is a fired up nico sturm after tuesday night's loss bringing us in here to the build-up as we get you ready for today's game against the rangers it was a tough one for the sharks the other night it's been a tough five first games of the season no points out of those first five games i admit i am surprised i thought the outcomes would be better my one great takeaway though is that it feels like these are all self-inflicted wounds. It feels like the Sharks are responsible for their fate more than they are just not good enough. If they were just getting played off the ice, I think it would be one thing. But the fact that these wounds seem self-inflicted, it makes it all that much more frustrating. But it also gives me that much more hope that they might be able to put, turn this around and simply make this a better overall product. To talk about all things San Jose Sharks, we are now joined by Corey Massasak, who covers the Sharks for The Athletic. Corey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I think I I'm, I hope I found a quiet spot in Manhattan to do this. The, the so one if, quiet spot. We hear some, all right, yeah. If we, um, I mean, if there's an ambulance or a fire truck or something goes past, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do much about that, but yeah. Well, <laughs> You know, as long as the uh, the police aren't coming for you, man, that's all I really care about. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it's just uh, it's natural sound. It's uh, it's ambiance, as uh, the the filmmakers would say. But uh, well, hey, dude, big big picture. I you know, my question is, what we've seen so far an 05 start from the Sharks. Were you expecting this in any way, shape, or form, or are you pretty surprised? Well, I, I mean, it, maybe it's a cop out to say a little bit of both. I. One thing, whenever we were in Europe, I had mentioned to a couple of the other writers who were around the team that, like, I just, it was sort of hanging in the back of my brain that, like, we didn't really have a lot of time before the season started because camp was so compressed and then mm -hmm. it was, like, on to Europe. And it just, no one really, I never really just had a chance to ask any of the players, like, have y'all looked at the schedule? Like, this schedule is hard. Like, and, and look, and, you know, look, I, I think it would be, the schedule that they started with, I think it would have been hard if they were Carolina or the Rangers or Colorado. Like they just, it's lots of back to backs. It's all the travel. There's no practice time. And so, you know, you put that and you compound that with the fact that, you know, they have a new coach and new systems and, and a lot of new faces. And so, I mean, I think, you know, I think the, the, the possibility or probability that they were going to get off to a slow start was actually probably higher than, than, it would have been under normal circumstances, but at the same time, like, I mean, nobody, even the, you know, the, the coyotes and the Blackhawks are the two teams that we sort of knew going into this year were, you know, let's I won't say not trying, but trying to win less than the other teams, uh, you know, they even, it would be surprising if they lost the five games and in the manner that the, the sharks have lost them. I mean, I, I think the, the, the craziest stat that I've seen was that 
you know, they've won, they've scored the first goal four games in a row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you win 67% of the time when you score the first goal. So, you know, they should obviously have more points than zero at this point. Yes, I, I think that would be the agreement. And I guess the other thing that is, um, you know, beyond mildly troubling is that this team on paper is better than they were a year ago while acknowledging the loss of Brent Burns. But at the same time, they have more depth at the forward position in particular. And the offense is just, I mean, they, they've maxed out at two goals. They haven't scored more than that. So, I mean, it, how much of this is compressed preseason, new guys, new team, new coach, new system, and you have to give it time? And how much of it is, uh-oh, this this might not work? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, they're, you know, I, this is also in the story that I wrote for the say, like, you know, those three forwards that they have that have cost a lot of money and, and have scored a bunch of goals in their career are not going to shoot two for 44 <laughs> every five games for the rest of the season. Like that's just, I mean, those guys are not going to shoot 4%. Um, and, but at the same time, I, you're right. They, you know, we look at last season and we say, look, they had these five guys who scored all the goals and created all the offense for them. And then they had all kinds of depth issues. Well, you know, Mike Kirk came in and he set about to fix some of those depth issues. I you know, the issue is, is that like you can have the best forward group in the league that you want, but if the defenseman can't get them the puck, then those guys like, yeah, I could get, you know, you could take Colorado's forwards and put them with a bad group of defensemen and, and they would struggle to score as many goals as they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, in, in one, in one hand, they, they might miss Brent Burns more than, than we thought they would just because he was a skilled defenseman who could, you know, transition the team into offense. I mean, I mean, sort of expected Eric Carlson to, you know, handle the lion's share of that. And, you know, when he's on the ice, they've, you know, they've outscored the opposition at even strength and they've got more than 50% of the shots and all, all of the numbers that you'd want from Eric. But um, there have also been, you know, some, some noticeable defensive deficiencies and, and then just whenever he's not on the ice, they just don't, you know, the other guys, I don't know if Marcus Nidovara is going to help in this department that much, but he might. And, you know, maybe at some point one of the other defensemen who are playing for the Barracuda right now could come up and help. But mm-hmm. I, I just think that in general they don't, um, you know, if you look at I mean, if you just look at their defense core, like I think Mark Edward Vlasic has played pretty well. And has yeah. been, you know, maybe if you want to call it a surprise, he wouldn't call it a surprise, certainly. But he's he's been defiant about his role in the team for a while. I just think he's been he's he's been solid. He hasn't been the problem, um, you know. Eric has had periods where he's the best player on the ice. And then he's also had spots where they needed more from him. And then it's the other guys. I don't, I mean, they really need, they're going to need more from Mario Ferrara. They're going to need more from Matt Benning. They're going to need more, even anything from some of the other guys. And so, yeah, I, you know, it's a long winded answer to say, yeah, I, look, I, they're going to score more goals than they're, you know, they're, they're not going to score 1.5 goals per game the whole year, but some of the systemic things might be a problem because of the defenseman more than necessarily the forwards. Let's look at some of the forwards then. Suddenly, Kevin LeBanc's ice time was cut down to 10 minutes in the last game after he had what I thought was a, a strong start in Prague and even in um, you know game three of the season against the Hurricanes, and it appears that he's trending in the wrong direction. Uh, what, what do you think's going on there? Yeah, I think... You know, he how do I put it? He he plays a style of a game that is not going to endear itself to most NHL coaches if he's not producing. Mm-hmm. And so, like he needs. I mean, he had like you said he had the 
I think it was the first period in Prague. He had four shots on goal, and and then he had he had a pretty good game in the second game too. I mean, I, you know, I mean, David Quinn said he was one of the bright spots yeah. in Prague, and um, but he's just he's got to he's got to do more offensively, and which again goes back to you know, are we are they getting him the puck enough or whatever? But um, yeah, I mean, I you know. There's going to be 90% of the focus is going to be on those big three forwards. And that's true. Like they, they, this team can't win if those guys don't score, but you know, if you line up all of their forwards so far, um, you know, the fourth line has scored half the goals Mm -hmm. and the second power play unit scored a goal and the big guys have scored the other, like the, the guys who you would consider like the middle six forwards on this team have not scored a goal and and they don't, I mean, they're, you know, like Nick Benino and Matt Nieto and, but these guys don't even they don't have any points they don't have any goals and so like i think it was pretty evident that 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 david quinn was going to shake some things up and it looks like you know tonight you know if, if nick benino's back on the wing where he had some success with logan last year and put barabanov back up with the you know timo and tommy that line had success later they're they're clearly searching for just some sort of something at, at five on five to where they can you know just create some offense and score some because there's honestly like take away the second game against Nashville and there hasn't really been a game where it felt like they were consistently creating enough chances to win either. It's just yeah. been sort of, there's long stretches where they just, you know, the goal, the old, the other team's goalie just takes a breather. So why then just to play devil's advocate, if we're looking to create offense, why is Noah Gregor seemingly in the doghouse? I thought game one, you know, he was not that involved, but I don't, you know, that, there's a number of reasons why that could be. Game three, I thought he played a lot better, and he's a guy who could be more of a something who could kickstart the offense, especially utilizing his speed. And I think that most people would consider him to be an effort guy, which is something that David Quinn and Mike Greer are looking for. Yeah, that's probably been, you know, if you were, if you were going to ask me what what's been the most surprising thing about the slow start, I would say that like, as you, I mean, just to your phrase, like I would not have predicted Noah Gregor to be the doghouse guy, um, but you know, he, this is, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to play tonight. Maybe, maybe, I mean, Quinn did say there's a couple guys who are banged up. So maybe somebody who is banged up can't play and he gets back in, but you know, this, if he doesn't play tonight, that's four out of six games where he doesn't play. And, you know, it's also, you know, on one hand, everyone is saying they need to play faster. Well, he's the fastest guy on the team. Yeah. But on the other hand, that kind of goes, it speaks to the idea that like, it's not, it hasn't been an effort problem for the team in general. Like it's not that they're not skating hard or trying hard. It's that they're not executing. They're not completing passes. They're not getting out of their own end cleanly. And I think he had some issues with that. Um, and it probably goes, I'm, I'm sure, like, I, I don't think David Quinn is scratching Noah Gregor because he had a, a bad period or two bad games. Mm-hmm. I think it probably goes back to, um, you know, whether he would admit it or not, I'm sure it would go, it goes back to that. They probably weren't happy with how he played in camp because like, you know, just in general, I don't, you know, if he had a good camp, they would not have suddenly just scratched him right away like this. So, um, looking at the power play, um, I mean, it's a legitimate liability at this point. How does, how does that get fixed? Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't get outscored on the power play. That's, that's bad. (laughs) That's like, you know, that's historically bad. Um, you know, they've, I, I'll be interested to see if, cause like, let's say they don't score for another handful of games. Like how long will they go before they really do something drastic? I, th- I think for now, you know, we're five games in the top unit has not scored, but if you look at all the other 
if you look at all the underlying stuff, like, are they shooting it enough? Are they getting enough zone time? Are they creating enough chances? They're, they're kind of like middle of the pack in the league with that, which might not seem like that from watching them, but um, it would be a lot different if they, if they just couldn't even get set up in the zone and couldn't get any mm-hmm. shots off. So again, it's sort of like, <clears throat> you know, there are, there are certain things that, you know, a power play coach can do to fix quote unquote, fix the power play. But I don't think like, I don't think the, the, the best power play wizard in the world in the world is going to necessarily have that, that much of an impact on a, on an NHL team's power play. It's like, it's a player's thing. And right. And so they need those four guys, the big three forwards and Eric Carlson to, to do better. And again, you know, look there, some of it might just be, you know, if you give Timo Meyer that shot from the circle, you know, 10 times, he's going to score two or three times and he just hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe that's, that's the thing that, that sort of gets them going. But um, I don't, I, I just don't think that structurally at this point, outside of um, being a little bit too slow, getting into the zone sometimes when the other team is all set up and ready for them. I don't know if there's any, maybe just being a little bit quicker with that, maybe having Carlson just keep the puck instead of dropping it all the time. Yeah. Um, just tr- trying to sort of break up the monotony of how they get into the zone. I, th- I think once they've been in the zone, it's, it's looked well that's the, that's the problem you know, though, like man their zone it entries look great, it doesn't look bad it just looks fine yeah right? their zone entries have been really poor though i mean they're slowing down as they approach the blue line and they're not making the defenders commit and then it's like suddenly they don't have a man advantage i that's right that's what's really unusual um two more i want to get to uh nico sturm's postgame commentary i liked it i want that I don't want complacency. I don't want guys saying we'll get the next one. Some people were surprised by his strong words. What did you think? Um, well, I, I think we found out that he's going to be a pretty good player to talk to after games. Right. <laughs> uh, selfishly, that's what that was like. My first thing was like, "Oh, hi, Nico." Um, no, I, I think Jenner. No, seriously though, like he, yeah, he. I, I think one of the most fascinating things that's going to play out over the next, you know, days, weeks, months, whatever is that this team has a core of veteran players who have been here for a long time and have had success, just not in the past three years. And then they have this collection of new guys that Mike Greer brought in and pretty much to a man, they were all brought in. They're all pretty similar players. They're all veterans who play hard, who play the right way, who do all the right things, all the things that they were, that Mike Greer is trying to establish for this team. And the thing that I'm fascinated about is, you know, can Nico Sturm or Luke Cunning stand up in that locker room and say, guys, mm-hmm. this is what we have to do. Stop doing this. And I don't know. Like, it's it's hard. I mean, that's a hard. I asked David about it yesterday. and He said he admitted like it, it might be hard at this point in the season for them to stand up and verbally be the leader that this team needs. But they can do it with their play. And he mentioned that, like, look, I mean, Nico Sturm and Evgeny Svechnikov are doing it with their play. They're they're playing the way that the, the Sharks want their guys to play. And they've been rewarded you know, with a couple of goals here and there. So I don't know. You know that I, I don't know how that's going to go, but I, but it is it is a fascinating sort of narrative driven thing for me that like, you know, like I said, can Sturm or Cunning or Benning, can any of these guys really like be the person who's you know stands up and gives the big speech? Um, probably not, but they can they can you know they can play a certain way and they can try to drag other people into the kind of into the fight. Um, so, but again, I don't I don't. I say all that, and then I think of what I just said, and I, that makes it sound like I'm ripping on, you know, the guys who have been there, and you know, the, the main guys. And I don't like, I don't like Logan Couture is not, it's not an effort thing for him. It's yeah. not an effort thing for for Timo Meyer or Tomas Hurdle. Like it's a those guys 
they haven't scored and they're getting frustrated and they're losing confidence. That's like a different thing than, oh, they're just not trying hard or they don't want to win. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been execution. It's been self-inflicted wounds. And then, you know, that takes me to, you know, what you were just talking about with the new guys speaking up and what's on the horizon. I mean, you have the Rangers tonight. They're a good team with a good goalie. That's going to be difficult. You got, you know, more games on this East Coast road trip against pretty, you know, good teams. Then you come home and it's Vegas and it's Toronto and it's uh, Tampa. And I mean, that's the first 11 games of the year before you take on Anaheim on November 1st, where you, you know, you would think the Sharks would have a good chance to win that game. But I would have said the same thing about Chicago. I mean, things snowball quickly. This is, this is professional sports. I mean, I mean, if you walk, if you're one in 11 or one in 10 walking into that 11th game or over, which I think unfortunately has to be referenced. I mean, how does that, how is everyone reacting at that point? I mean, I know we can't prognosticate. We don't have a you know crystal ball. We're not clairvoyant, but you, like you said, you look at the schedule and it kind of gives you a, okay, like it, this is starting to get to the gut check, come to Jesus, you know, however you want to phrase it. Like that's not far off. Yeah, not for sure. I mean, I think. You know, after they lost the Chicago game, I, I opened up the schedule that night and I was like trying to figure out when's the next time they're going to be favored in a game. And it was probably it might be Anaheim yeah. at home. But if they're also if they're like you said, if they're, you know, one in 10 going into that game, they might not be favored. Um, yeah, no, look, it's it is a it's a very tough schedule to start. Uh, as I mentioned, they're you know, they, they could play better over the next handful of games. Of course. And and maybe not win the as you know, remember, I, I would I would expect that they would win one or two of them but um yeah it's it's and it's look there's there's this kind of this whole thing hovering over the whole season anyway where you know look it, it you, you can't deny that like whenever you're on twitter during games i i see the name connor bedard more right and i see the name tomas hurdle or or eric carlson like it just that 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 is there uh with with at least a portion of the fan base and certainly the ones that are the most vocal online uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a weird year if this sort of, you know, whether the team plays better or not, if the, if the losses just start to pile up, like you said, it, it's a, it's a weird thing where, you know, a, a team can play, you know, let's call it, let, let's say a team could be a five out of 10 and how they're playing, but you get enough bounces and you win a couple of shootouts mm-hmm. and you, and you know, you're, you get to Thanksgiving and you're still two points out of a playoff spot, or you can be a five out of 10 and you can get no bounces and you're you know, the season's over by the time you get to the early November. So, you know, how, how the, the sort of the next 10 or 15 games plays out is certainly going to be, you know, either they're going to turn things around and still feel like they've got some faint hope or, you know, I mean, like, I mean, Nico Sturm said it after the game the other night, like that, you know, the, it's going to be too late soon. So um, like that, you know, and then what happens, what happens beyond that, you know, whether it's with the roster, whether if Mike career tries to make some changes or if they, um, you know, just where they go from here, you know, the, the second half of the season might affect the next five years more than if, depending on, you know, if they turn this thing around or not. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. If nothing else, I mean, I, I like to think that there will be a regression to the mean in terms of what the expected scoring is so that, you know, like you said, what did you say? Two for 44 uh, is, is what, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that does not jive with, um, I mean, I'm good at being wrong, Corey. Don't get me, you know, don't let me <laughs> sound too good about myself. But yeah, that's that should rectify itself. But well, Corey, I know you got stuff to do, man. Enjoy New York. I will let you go and I will see you back here at the tank soon. All right, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me again.
Again, that is Corey Massasak of The Athletic joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Coming up at 3.30, Sharks pregame coverage live right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Then at 4, it's time for the Sharks and the Rangers. I'll see you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.